Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. I think a lot of people know you guys, which is good. And if they don't, they should, because I learned, I think it was Joe, when you came to that coffee club meeting like five years ago, and uh, you were talking about creative deals. And I think a lot of people think about creative deals, and I think they like talk about creative deals, but they don't really know what it means. Like they want to do them. When you were mentioning kind of like the nitty gritty on it, we were all like, what do you mean? You don't, you don't, you can't buy properties without any money. Yeah. I mean, you have to, there are sometimes you can put down a little bit of money, but not, no one buys them without any money. Uh, so guys, I am really excited to talk to these folks. Uh, Jen and Joe Delafave, they are, uh, probably the, in my opinion, the top, uh, not just gurus, but gurus, cause they actually do the stuff that they talk about. So you do see a lot of videos on creative finance, sub two, raps, all these things we're going to get into today. And you hear a lot about it on YouTube. You hear a lot about it on TikTok, but the people that actually do it are here today. So very excited to talk to Joe and Jen. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. And I got to say, I love that. I haven't heard the Duru before. So I kind of, I like that little nickname there. <laughs> throw it on your TikTok. Throw, yeah, that's for you guys. And yeah, it's true. I mean, really, I mean, like, take me back. So let's go back to, and I was just mentioning the coffee club, but Joe, you've been doing these deals for a long time. I, you know, I will say at that point, you were still working as a, like a financial, like director of a couple car dealerships. So I know you weren't able to always make those meetings. First of all, how happy are you that you're out of that business? Well, you know, I have a lot of my friends there. Um, so I definitely miss seeing them, but I do not miss the car business. You know, back when I was working there, I was making a boatload of money. Think we were living the American dream of, you know, the job. My wife used to be a teacher with her master's. Life would, you know, white picket fence, two kids, the dog, the whole nine. And really to find out as great as that was and as grateful as I was for that opportunity, I was still limiting to what I can do. You know, the company is only willing to pay you so much, right? Doesn't It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Super awesome money. Really good but they're still only going to pay you so much, right? Where I've always loved the idea of real estate because the sky truly is the limit and you don't need to have a master's degree. You don't need to have your doctrine. You don't need to, you know, do all these amazing things. You could just be a regular person, dude, whatever lady off the street with some gumption, some ambition and, you know, some know-how and surround yourself with some great people and uh, sky's the limit. So I love that. And it, because it is, I mean, you guys were definitely, you were making a lot of money, uh, you know, but the hours are a little crazy too in the car business, right? I mean, you're working weekends, right? Oh yeah. You work weekends, you work sales. It was like, my birthday was just last week and I would always laugh because every year my birthday, we'd always have this big sale. So like, if you look at Jen's time hop, it's full of like, I made my husband breakfast and then he's gone for all day long. And then like, (laughs) 
birthday candle and a piece of toast because I knew that that was the only time I'd see him was that morning. And, you know, even though real estate does take a lot of our time, we get to do it together and we can take breaks throughout the day. We took a family walk earlier, walk the dog, kids are riding their bikes as we homeschool too. So we are owning our time back. So even though there are still sacrifices with real estate, it's on your terms. And I think that that's really been like the beautiful journey so far for us is to really pick up everything and move down to Florida from New York. Because what a lot of folks don't realize is that we both walked away from our jobs and do this full time now. Yeah. And as grateful as our, you know, we were for our last positions being a teacher in finance, but I did, you know, there's, it's a lot more fun still filled with any job you're going to have. You're still going to have your challenges. You're still going to have some headaches, some disappointments, some great wins, a whole lot of great stuff. But when you can do it for yourself, there's a special, something behind it, but it does, it takes some, it takes some work. Yeah. And you know, I'm really, I'm really envious of you guys because you work together. I really, I love that. I mean, uh, I think there's pros and cons to it. Like at times I'm like, Oh, that's great. You know, like I see you guys and you guys are really happy and excited about what you're doing. And I, and I see like my partner, Matt and his wife, Amber, like, I'm like, that's great. That's so cool. You guys get to work together. Um, but then I know, <laughs> I know that there's times they want to, they want to ring each other's necks. Um, and then at the same time, my wife's a nurse and she doesn't want anything to do with real estate. Jen, were you like, what is this that you're doing, Joe? Like, were you like skeptical at first? Were you like, this is too crazy. Or were you always like a cheerleader and then into a absolute, uh, beast yourself in, in real estate investing. Yeah, no, 2008, I thought he was crazy. I own my own house. He owned his own house. Why is he taking me to these crappy little houses? You know, <laughs> the market was full of them, right? MLS, you would get a heck of a deal back then. We're in Las Vegas and he's like on the phone trying to close a deal. And slowly but surely, I realized that it couldn't just be his thing because he did work so hard. I walked away from my job to be able to, make sure he could go support us. But then also our portfolio began to grow and all it took was all of the tax bills being mailed to the wrong address. One of our tenants received all of them. And so I didn't pay them. And that was like a huge like alarm in my head. Like, wow, like he's trying to build something for our family. And I didn't do numbers, right? Like hated math. And I was like, I have to get over it and learn the business with him. And that 2015. Wow. And so in the next two years is when we really started getting into the creative stuff. And I was a little hesitant at first because I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's really like, I didn't have the support of anyone I knew other than him. who was like, you know, this is great. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? This seems crazy. Um, and now, you know, obviously like just plugging into the right coaches and the masterminds and the people, like that's really what can help someone who might not understand it. Cause that's really what it is, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. I love that phrase. And until you really start educating yourself and being familiar and comfortable with it, then you'll begin to love it. Then you'll see the benefits and you're truly helping people at the end of the day. Like if you're doing it right, like, and it, that feels great. What is it with mindset, right? Like I think, uh, Joe, I remember you talking about this in that first coffee club meeting. And guys, for those who don't know the coffee club, it was just a real estate meetup. And uh, it was the first one I was a part of. And it's one of those things where proximity is power. You're around people that are doing big things. And then, all, you know, if you're brand new, then all of a sudden you're also doing similar things and then they become peers. And then all of a sudden you're not that we're in competition with each other, but all of a sudden you're just, you start building up momentum when you're around people who are also doing cool things like that. Um, but you were mentioning masterminds and like, Hey, I'm a part of these groups. And like, again, I just, I really too bad. You weren't doing the videos you were back then 
because I think you would have really it would have really been blowing up even more than you guys have uh, already. Um, how did you know about masterminds? How did you know about like you know your mindset and like you know looking at people going like why why can't you do a deal with no money down? Like why can't you do this? This is happening. Whether you want to think you can or can't, it will happen. So what was it? How'd you get started in all that? Well, really, I think it was. First of all, a lot of folks don't know we were lucky enough to all live in the same town with Marty. So we had that personal connection and how I got wind of who even Marty was, was a common friend. Somebody that I work with was Joe. Yeah. Joe Rotella. Uh, Shout out Joe Rotella. He's going to love it. Who's an awesome dude I worked with. He was actually getting into finance, super sharp guy and knew I did real estate. And he says, you know, you got to meet my buddy, Marty. He's real. He's in real estate too. And I think you guys would connect. So he made that connection to us. And then we always just got along fantastic because what we've learned a long time ago is it doesn't matter what town you're in. There's, we, we can never talk to every seller. There's no way. So it's like, you know, you, you help people with an abundance mindset because you end up JV and doing deals and things like that together and connecting and sharing ideas of what's working and what doesn't. Right. hundred percent. Um, so luckily for us, I think it's really, you know, our mentor that started was 20 years ago was Ron the grand. Um, they call him the godfather of real estate, but luckily I got one of his things off an of infomercial and my buddy did, and I borrowed it from him. But I was the one that was the doer. Like I had a, I wholesale the deal the month later, made $15,000. I was like 22, 23 years old and thought I struck gold, right? Absolutely. Wasn't the money, but I figured out how to do it with no money because I didn't have money. I had bad credit back then. I didn't have money. And so to get a 15, well, $13,000 check almost, uh, that was life changing. So then after I realized I, I am in real estate, and then I got a job working in the car business, which sucks up your all your hours, but it pays you well, but and it teaches you a lot of how to interact with people, right? How to negotiate terms, rather it's 60 month, 72 month, 84 month loan, buy to lease, you know, interest rates, all these things. So when I'm negotiating that at work forever and I'm in the banking world, so now I understand credit, credit reports, credit scores, how to change credit scores, how to get people approved for loans, what loan officers look at relationships with banks. Cause I was doing that now. This was just the next transition was to learn creative finance because with the, one of the guys at a local bank CNB um, who is um, in the mortgage department says, you know, eventually they're going to cut you off at 10 mortgages because we were burring when I didn't even know that was a thing in like, Oh, eight, Oh nine. She's like, did you know that we were burring? I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> You're right. Years ago. Hashtag burn. Um, and then we realized like when I talked to him, he's like, you know, we we're going to cut you off at 10. Although with CNB Canadigua national, they could do things in house in a portfolio, but it becomes a little trickier, but they could still work with you. But eventually writings on the wall, you know, you're going to have challenges when you're going to try to get to, you know, a lot of houses where you're going to want to retire. And that was our plan. So that's why in 2016 through YouTube of all things, I started seeing something about what Ron LeGrand would call pretty houses, which is basically creative finance, how to buy houses that aren't the junkers that need a ton of work, but how to buy that beautiful house in the beautiful neighborhood without using banks, without using credit. So if you've got bad credit, it doesn't stop you. You can buy all the real estate you want. If you don't, and I hope you do sometimes because I know you can't get a mortgage. Um, and that's when we started diving into that. And then we hired a coach. We put our money where our mouth is. And that's what Jen and I did. Spent 15 grand, 17 grand, whatever it was. We hired a coach. And the coach would sit with us for half an hour, once a week on a 30 minute phone call. And it didn't go 31 minutes over because you had to dial into this number. And then once the 30 minutes was up, it just hung up on you. Oh, geez. 
So you knew you had legit 30 minutes, but within that, we learned a lot. We had a great coach. His name was Tony Pearl. Taught us a lot about how to do this and how to really implement some of the gaps that I needed filled. Once I had those aha moments, we started knocking down these terms deals, 0% deals on free and clear houses. Um, you know, I had to fight the guy to take a hundred dollar deposit. I didn't think actually fight him, but I'm <laughs> arguing with him in McDonald's. I'm like, Hey, take this hundred dollars. Like, I don't want it. I'm like, you have to take it at least a hundred. I'm buying it with no money down with zero 0% mortgage. My payment's only 500 bucks a month. I get it, but please at least take the hundred dollars. <laughs> take your wife out to dinner. Right. I think that's what got him. Um, but I met him at McDonald's right in Spencerport. I've made my, my first creative finance deal right at the McDonald's. I love that. That's so good because I, and you guys, by the way, it's like, re, these are real stories. Like this is really happens. Like you can really do these things. And that's why you should follow creative finance playbook and you should talk to them and reach out to them and, and see how they can help you. So, all right, we know where you guys started from. And I love that. Love those humble beginnings. Cause that's what, you know, gets us going and, and making you want to freaking move. Um, but what's your business now? So, yeah. Um, so that was like once a year type thing, 2017, 2018, 2019. And then 2020 was really the year where our youngest was going to go into kindergarten that fall, ideally. And so we really started looking at some different marketing channels and we hired another coach, our next coach in 2020 in February. We said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to, it's a nice big chunk of money, but I was really going to, you know, bring him home. That was the goal. Right. And uh, we didn't get very far with that before COVID happened Mm. and the world shut down. And uh, it was truly a blessing in disguise for us because now we were literally forced to pivot. He couldn't go back to the dealership world. Um, He takes an immunodepressant um, for his immune system, for Crohn's. And so it's uh, a biologic for that. And it was just too scary. No one knew what was happening back then. Yeah, no, yeah, right. So we said, okay, we've got our phones and our laptops and some microphones and here we go. Fortunately for us, we had our rent to own business kind of chugging along there. And uh, we just started talking to sellers through, you know, social media marketing and slowly, but surely we grew a team. What was just the Jen and Joe show grew into hiring a couple of people to help us talk to sellers to now we have a team of, I don't even know, 12. Is that what you say? I think so. Yeah, we just hired a couple of VAs. Um, we're really streamlining our processes. And at this point, we're outgrowing the work at home model and we're actually looking into some office space. That's great. Like to uh, hire some people and, and train them in person and really have some boots on the ground here in Florida. So after, uh, you know, almost four years of being in a house working, it's maybe time to to get out there and, and get it moving. Around. But But wow, what a... What a absolute just, it was almost like, I don't want to say God's end, but you know, when you do have to work from home and use Zoom and like, because I know a lot of people talk about, you know, doing deals remotely, but you kind of were forced to in that sense. And so like people talk about, well, how do you do it? I, you know, of course you have to meet them in face to face and do all those things, but you guys proved that you didn't. Is that fair to say? So I've gone on two seller appointments in the last two years. (laughs) Made both deals, by the way. Um, just did one of them in St. Pete, one back in Rochester. And But other than that, every one of our deals, we send to find five to 10 deals a month right now mm-hmm. and consistently. And every one of those are all done virtually. Buying, selling, the whole thing is all done virtually. Rather, we're going to put in a tenant buyer. Rather, we're assigning that to another investor. 
or whatever that looks like, it's a completely buying and selling process done virtually. We don't, our team all works from home. That's fantastic. And so let's dig into to that a little bit. So is it strictly, now you were saying you do a lot through social media, finding deals and, and even finding, you know, tenant buyers or whatever that, whatever, is that what it's called? The, the rent to own people who want to come in in rent to own. Um, that's not a lot of money. You don't have to spend a lot of money with that. You know, there's people spending thousands and thousands a week and you guys are doing deals without doing that. Is that, is that still part of it? Like, Hey, we're getting a lot of our good deals without having to spend a ton of money on our marketing. So we right now spend $140 a day on, on social media. And that generally gets us about 175 leads a week. Wow. So that breaks down a little under six bucks a lead, um, which is for incoming warm leads. These are folks who are reaching out to us, have off market properties that they want to sell. Um, so what I love about our business model are folks are reaching out to us with properties. And I think those are much better conversations than me reaching out to somebody. Although both ways work. Um, I've always loved this way. And the neat thing about how we kind of have our business model set up is um, a lot of it is done with scripts to where when they do reach out to us, we have 24 hour VA service who their job is just to get that process through the script. And then that goes over to our sales team, our acquisition team, and they make, um, you know, decisions on where that's going to be filed to. There's three different kind of like red light, green light, you know, yellow light of where they're going to go. And then, you know, it gets appropriate action there, rather it goes to a closer, rather it goes to a yellow light and they're going to kind of talk with the seller and then, or rather it's, you know, just not a situation. It goes to a red light follow-up system and uh, they kind of direct traffic. And then from that, you know, we get our closers on a bunch of closing calls and we look at deals every single day, twice a day with our team. Um, we have meetings in the morning, meetings at night to kind of go over like what's the, you know, what happened last night during overnight and then so on and so forth. And you haven't even mentioned the dispo team. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, finding buyers for the properties. So there's a lot that goes on in the in-between. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. And I, actually, I'm curious. So what is that? So when, so when the property gets under contract now, what is that? Is that are people getting paid? Like, are you guys commissioning to those people? Like, is it after the disposition? Is that, are they getting paid? I'm just curious how that works. Yeah. So then what we do is we have a transaction coordinator. We have um, a dispo team. So the dispo team is now going to have that deal turned over to them. And once it finally gets dispoed is when everybody gets paid. Perfect. I like that model. And that's what seems to make great sense because the, the folks on our team, which is great, is once they've worked for us, we have originally told them, like, you know, obviously you're going to work with us every single day. You're going to learn every trade secret. You're part of everything that we're going to do. You're going to get the world's best education how to do this stuff because you're actually part of it learning, right, through the whole process. And then not only that, we want you guys to be part of it too. So if there's deals that come across that you like or things like this, or even if you want to start doing this in your own neighborhood, like do this. And our own team are are becoming real estate investors doing deals. And that's the amazing part about it too, is it's, it's teaching them how to also grow their own business while helping us grow our business. Yeah. I mean, you're really helping these people build wealth. It's a completely different thing. It's not like, Hey, we're going to pay you. It's like, we're also going to show you, I mean, we're going to pay you. Yes. But we're going to pay you with, with knowledge on how to really build wealth without a lot of money down or, or in some situations, whatever, how, to, how to even maybe uh, raise money if needed on certain things. Right. So um, what's like the, what's like a bread and butter deal, right? Cause you guys talk about buying pretty houses. It's very t difficult. I think from a wholesaler flipper mindset to be like, yo, you can buy nice houses 
And if you don't want them, send them to me. But what does that what does that look like, right? What does that look like? How does someone do that, right? Is it just um, like how do you approach it? Is there a certain person that that works for? Like, is it? Tell me about that. Like, what is that all about? So we can talk about like what we do is overall we farm for leads, right? But when the leads come in, we're going to look at every situation, and if it's that typical handyman special, I'm buying it for fifty cents on the dollar, fixer upper cash deal because it needs to be cash, right? Those deals make sense. That goes one direction. But what about that that house that's a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood that really, for some reason, they need to sell it? Now, not all the properties that we sell are distressed. A lot of our beautiful houses that the seller loves the convenience of the ability to sell to us because of the fact is, like I was chatting earlier in one of our um, Zooms that we did, you know, we just went through the retail process of selling our house. Like I think you were just touching about earlier yeah. in, in Rochester, when we moved to Florida recently, we came down to Florida for one month, fell in love because we were working remote because we work from anywhere. And John kept on yelling just about anywhere we went. I wasn't yelling. She was <laughs> at like Publix and she's like, I'm not going back. I'm not leaving. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so we ended up staying like this nice Airbnb for like three months. And then we're like, okay, we're going to go back to New York. We're going to sell our house. And we found a really nice house here. And we're like, now we have to come back fast because we thought we were going to come back in the fall. We just happened to stumble upon this place and it worked out great. Right. So we came back to New York within 45 days you know, we've been living in the house for a long time together. It's a big house. So we had to figure out what we didn't want. We'd throw out, donate and keep. And then you got to get your house market ready, paint some stuff, fix some stuff. And then you got to show it. And that's a mad house. Always having to leave your house, pack up the dog. I that, feel like I'm still uh-huh. tired from the entire process, like getting ready that quickly and just going through the motions. Like Joe said, it is a lot because right. you know, one little project turns into like three, four or five more. And mm. A lot of sellers, you know, it's a lot for them. And some of them are, have inherited a home. And that as is condition is truly a blessing for a lot of them. And that's really what we hear a lot from is just, you know, you, you're taking my house as is. I don't have to worry about it because the stuff is overwhelming to people. It was overwhelming to us. And I can't imagine being there any longer than we were. <laughs> it's, hard to put a, it's hard to put a dollar amount on what that is for people, right? It's, Absolutely. It, it's for some people you'd think, Oh, that seems like not a big deal. But for some people, it's the biggest deal. It's everything. It's the reason why they wouldn't sell in the, the first place. doesn't matter how much money you could give me. I can't, I can't do it because of this reason. So what you're really doing is providing so much value. I just think a lot of people, investors, maybe write that off. They write off that value because it's, it's not a dollar amount, but it's, a, it's an emotional amount that is so big that it's, it's hard to really see. Um, but, but continue back to that story. So when you, so, the, okay. All right, Joe. Yeah. I want to sell. I want to sell it as is. What can you do for me? So here's, a, I'll give you an example. I'll just go over a recent deal. And it was one Jen was just getting all giddy about right before we started our podcast. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll make it make sense. So we had a seller who bought a house in Florida in winter Haven, Florida recently. He closed on it in June of this year. This is a beautiful house, completely redone, beautiful neighborhood. It's a 3000 square foot house. I think it was built like 92, just remodeled, completely done. Um, five bedroom, four bathroom, in-ground pool, perfect lanai, great location. It's across the street from the lake. So it's got a beautiful view, unrestricted, next door to a park. So it's got a really nice lot. The seller buys it for 550, 5,000 
VA loan rolls in closing costs, owes 563, reaches out to us through our marketing and says, oh, I'm in a dilemma. I just, I work in Miami. I work from home. So I bought this house two hours away from where I work. He was like, my son, we were applying for this school for the last how many years? Go figure, doesn't the kid finally get approved for the school a month after mom and dad get into this house? Hmm. So now they need to uproot and move to Texas. They've already found their new house. They're already moving in September because they need to have their son in that school district by September. Mm -hmm. So they're up and moving anyways. So they owe 563. They say, we need to sell now. I said, well, we could buy it sub two, which that basically means that we're going to buy it for the existing balance. I'm not going to his bank and asking if it's okay. We're going to take over his payments. We're going to be able to take over his balance at the 563. We're going to pay our half of the closing costs, but we're also going to pay his too. So he doesn't have to come out of pocket with any money. I think it's like seven, eight grand. I don't even know. I don't have the closing statement, but either way, um, seven, eight grand, you own a house that is a beautiful house without getting your credit checked, no money down. And it's a 30 year term. We wrote it up as, so you don't ever have to qualify for a mortgage and his interest rate, I think was like high threes. Yeah. It was before the hike. So he got locked in at a good rate. He's already bought his new house. He's ready to move. So in that situation there, before we made that deal, he was kind of hesitant. He says, well, I have a realtor. I'm going to listen to my realtor at 585. So we realize if it sells for 585, by the time you pay 6% commission and your closing costs, you're going to have to write a check. He says, well, I can't afford to do that. I said, I know. So if you do list it, hopefully it goes over. But the realtor says, you know, I think it go over. It wasn't going to go over. We knew that the market changed when he bought that house. He originally made that deal. It was in April of this year and didn't close on until June. Mm-hmm. Remember what the market was like in April. It was still pretty hot. Yep. It was still going crazy Bananas. But between April and August. That market changed. And now there's a lot more properties in the market. You're seeing price reductions. You're seeing people are canceling sales. It was like one out of, I think five, in the Tampa area, Florida area, Orlando area, we're canceling their contracts. One out of four, we're canceling these, losing their deposits, knowing that they didn't, they're walking away from these housing deals. So when he listed for 585 opening weekend, he doesn't even have one showing. Mm. Crickets. The next week, nobody even comes to the house. He calls up the realtor, says, okay, I'm canceling with them, which they knew. And we made that deal. So, the difference is this is a beautiful house in an absolutely beautiful neighborhood. It's turnkey. Now, if a normal investor got that lead and I'm a wholesale or I'm a fix and flip person, if I can't get that deal at 50 cents on the dollar, I can't do anything with that lead. I'm going to throw that out. If I'm a realtor, there's nothing I could do with that lead. So what's their other option? They're really almost limited to what they could do, right? They could give it back to the bank, which would be terrible. That's a foreclosure. That's going to put a big, you know, check mark on their credit for the next 10 years and make life a living nightmare. Right. And that's a big, big problem. But is that even an option? Right. You don't want to kill your credit by doing that. But if they financially can't afford it, what other options would they end up running into down the road when maybe their savings are depleted and it still doesn't sell? Or are you going to be an accidental landlord? So for us, that works amazingly well for an Airbnb, especially that size property. Right. So somebody could make a boatload on that doing an Airbnb. Now, Airbnb is not Jen and I's specialty. So instead of creating another business, which 
not saying never, but not yet. (laughs) But really what we did is we work with a lot of investors because we find so many of these deals that we can't close on them ourselves, all of them. We do close on a lot of them that we keep in house, but there's also some that we're going to find other investors who are looking for a turnkey house and maybe their specialty is Airbnb. Maybe they have a few in the area already that they're having success with and they're looking to expand their portfolio. And this is a great way to get into a deal, a 30-year deal at a low interest rate at a great price for the house and just pay us an assignment fee plus some closing costs. So we just closed that one out and the dust settled and you know we got a check and our team gets paid and everybody's happy for that. And our seller is thrilled because obviously now we have somebody in place who knows what they're doing. The house is in good hands and, you know, our buyers thrilled because, you know, hopefully they're going to go in there and literally it's going to be, you know, a pretty penny to fill that big old house. Cause there's a lot of stuff. There's some stuff they're leaving behind. They left nice furniture. They've got nice furniture there. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a big house. So what a mindset shift. So everybody, if you need to kind of understand that, go back and re-listen to that. Cause he really explains the mindset of approaching a sub two deal in, in what that seller needs because the seller is really what dictates it. It's the needs of the seller that dictates the offer that you give. And so Joe and Jen were able to buy that property and help that seller. And at the same time, there was no, you didn't, you didn't come up with the 560. It wasn't like that. You're not taking, you're not assuming the mortgage. The mortgage is staying in that person's name. Right. And all you're doing is just making sure that they can move on and, and get out of there and move to Texas. And you can make sure that that mortgage is being paid by finding an investor who's going to, who's got experience and is, is going to do a good job. Now, here's my question, because this is a problem for me. And again, this is just a mindset blocker is when I'm getting a deal or I'm buying it sub two. And again, if you're in New York, you got to find the right people to help you out with that, with the attorney stuff, because that, that can get really tough. Uh, but let's say you do get the right attorney that's going to help the seller, which again, very hard to find. But if you do find that attorney that's going to help the seller, um, how do you then assign that to an end, let's say, investor to take that over? Because I'm always skeptical. Like I don't trust other people to take this person's you know, livelihoods into their hands to make sure that these payments are being made, because I'm personally guaranteeing it as Marty is going to do this. And when I say that, I mean, I, I don't, there's a lot of weight there. It's my life. It's everything. I'm giving them that person, letting them know. So right. how do you, how do you, what do you look at? What, how do you, cause you know, you, you see people, you post on Facebook, you know, if they post on Facebook, Hey, I got this deal. And it's like, I understand you got to get the marketing out there, but then it's like, you got all these people posting behind it. Like, yeah, I want it. It's like, you, you don't, I always just go, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you do like, how do you, is that, I know it's a bad mindset, but how do you really approach that end buyer for something like that? It's a great mindset <clears throat> um, because the challenge is really you're a matchmaker, right? So if it's a property that we're going to keep in house, we're going to tell the buyer, or I'm sorry, the seller of that, right? So yeah, this is a property we're going to keep. If it's a property that we're going to assign to another investor, we're going to also tell the seller that as well. Mm-hmm. So they know what's going to happen, but they also know that they get to give the final approval. Wow on the information that we're going to find. So what we've developed is really a screening process to where, you know, we want proof of HUDs of deals that you've got. We're going to really kind of look for relationships. So I know obviously Marty. And if Marty is like, Hey Joe, I found this deal that you guys are offering and I like it. I know Marty runs a legit business. I know Marty's going to be able to handle his business and do it well. Cause we have that relationship, right? 
But if I don't know Marty, he's going to have to show us a list of things that we have on our dispo team. My dispo manager, Courtney, she's actually in Rochester too. Shout mm-hmm. out to Courtney um, <laughs> and our team. But they have a list of things that we're going to need to verify. Proof of funds. We want to make sure if you're using a lender, who is the lender? We're going to verify the lender. Because for an example, if you're going to show me proof of funds and it's your grandma's bank account, does grandma know that you're going to have to write me a check for $50,000, $100,000 to whatever that dollar amount is? Or are you using proof of funds just to appease me? Meanwhile, you're out there looking for your money and you're not being truthful because, you know, buyers are liars. And that is true, boy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so skeptical. I'm like, I just don't trust anybody unless you're a hot referral. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's very, very tough. So I'm really glad to hear that. Well, first, there's an aha moment of, well, I'm going to let the seller know that that's my plan. That's a part of the plan, yeah. right? And oh, by the way, you have final say yeah. on this. And, you know, again, worst case scenario, I mean, listen, there's not a lot of options for these people. Like, hey, I'm going to uh, let me run this out with you. Let me let me do what I do best. You can focus on making sure that you guys have your, you know, situation taken care of. You already tried the realtor. It didn't work. You already tried to sell it by owner. It didn't work. You already, you already know you can't rent it. It's not going to work. So, let me be that again. I'm not your best. I'm not, maybe I'm not your, your first option, but I'm definitely an option. And at least I'm going to be a, a person you can count on. I'm the count on option. I'm probably their best option too. Probably. Right. In a lot of these situations. And that's why it's a matchmaking business for what we do. Right. It doesn't work for everybody, for every seller, but for the deals that we make, we're their best option. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I'm a whole hundred percent in that because if not, we wouldn't have made the deals with the folks, right? If there's something where we've run in situations where we tell the seller, like you should list it with a realtor. Mm-hmm. Like you need to list your house with a realtor, whether you have one or not, like go find one. Or if not, like if it's an area that we know and we do business in and I know one there, I could refer them. But if not most time, like go on Google, find out who the best realtors are in your area at a reputable place and, and use them, but you might want to list your house. And there's a lot of these situations where the seller is better off. But there are a lot of situations and you'd be surprised how many situations there are where this is the best option for him. Because my seller, what would he have had to done? Would he have had to sell his house for 550000 and then have to write a check for $50,000 of money he doesn't have? Is that his best option? Exactly. There's no way you could do it. And a lot of people, there's no, there's no shot that they could bring that money to the table. You know, let, let alone even just if it was just a, uh, you know, Whatever the money is, they can't bring money to the table. Just flat out, point blank. They were coming up with money for their new house in Texas they bought. So they had they had just enough money. They're tapped out from that. A dime over this would have been like, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And so the fact that we can move quickly, do all of the things that we said we we're going to do. And the thing is, which is really important too, is making sure that you're setting up your buyer for success. Like I want our buyers to be thrilled with our deals. I want them to do really, really well with our deals. So we build that relationship up with them too. So like we just did a deal in South Carolina. We got a a 0% mortgage on a turnkey house. We're giving the seller five grand down, um, 10 year term, really, really nice deal. And um, our seller, I'm sorry, our buyer had a very good um, assignment fee, what their offer was. It wasn't necessarily the highest one, they're all in the same range, so about the same, but their track record was like spot on. We got a reference from another one of our students who does a lot of deals, 
and they did a deal with him too. And it was like flawless and perfect. Like the, they really know their stuff. Mm -hmm. So when we have a recommendation like that and we've checked all their credentials and they're perfect across the board, like this is somebody I want to do a lot more deals with. So this is why we treat them like gold. I want you to score. I want you to say like when, when my team calls you and says, Hey, I have another deal. I want you to be like rushing to get to your phone. Mm. I want to miss that chance. So, because hopefully you're going to make a crap ton of money and that's the whole, that's the purpose of it. So how do we help other investors get into cash flowing properties with not a lot of money without having to get their credit check without going to a bank. Right. And and that's what we specialize in. So we, so we keep some for ourselves, but we also wholesale a, a ton of these deals out to other people. So if they go to our website, um, fave homebuyers, F is in Frank, F a V E homebuyers.com. Check that out. We put all of our houses on there that we're assigning. Um, and we update that all the time. So we have deals that, and sometimes they are sold before they get to our site. So we have a Facebook group that we share them into. Um, it's free to get in there. There's no charge, but you know, we share them in there and usually they get gobbled up in there before we even get to them. Not only that, our Facebook group create a finance playbook, but we also are students share their deals in there too. So if you see one of our students deals, like we've got this one couple in Philadelphia, they just have six deals they're closing on this month. Wow. And they're, I mean, they're in their young twenties and they both just walked away from their full-time jobs. They both had great jobs and um, we are technically old enough to be their parents. So I'm having like a proud, like, <laughs> like seeing them like crush it. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what they told us today during our meeting with them is, you know, they're making more money this month than they would have in a year at their old jobs. It's beautiful. And it's, it's the power of it is insane, especially when you're a five tool player, when, like you said in the beginning, you know, if it is a handyman special, I can buy it for 50 cents on a dollar and I can either flip it or I can assign it. You know, there's just, again, you want to have all those tools. Um, let me ask you this question. Cause you guys are both, you know, in it, you're, 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 you're both in um, masterminds. You're seeing what's going on with other players and the, you know, all over the nation do you see this being such a big opportunity for creative deals coming soon? Like I heard from one of my uh, foreclosure specialists that I work with here in Rochester. And she was telling me that there was properties that from 2008, 2009, that still haven't hit. Like, you know, cause just how long things take. Um, do, do you see like a big opportunity coming down the line for even way more creative finance deals? Well, yeah, because I think where your opportunities are going to lie you think of the market what it was like the last two years. If I reached out to Joe or Jen and Marty or whomever else, and I said, you know, I, I see this, you guys buy houses. I want to sell my house. And rather it was a turnkey house or even a fixer upper, right? Maybe it was just like dated. If they didn't like our offer, what would they do? They would say, no, I'm going to list it with the realtor. I'm going to put it on the market. It's going to sell this weekend. It's going to probably sell for over asking. And then it's gone. And they would, and it would. And I'm like, holy cow. Right. So the last two years, we were still making a crap ton of deals. We were growing our business. We were scaling during while that was happening. But now the challenge in the market is with these interest rates that keep going up, what happens? It slows down the market. It slows down the buyers. Plus, these buyers have been beat on for the last two years. Right. If anybody was lucky enough to buy a house in the last two years, they had to pay over asking. And that's considered being lucky, right? To pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars over asking. Um, 
50,000, 100,000 over asking. But now what happens in these, in the next year, two years, three years, when somebody who just bought this house needs to sell it? Mm. And what do they do? They probably put down the very bare minimum, three and a half percent, right? Now what happens in another year when the interest rates keep on creeping up or they're already at their level right now and the market is pulled back, right? The time on market is changed and it's not where I want to sell it because, you know, I just want to see what my house is worth. And if I get a ridiculous high number, I'll consider selling it. But these are the folks who I just got divorced. I had a job transfer, I was downsizing, upsizing, whatever it is. There's a, we have a list actually. There's like a ton of these different reasons, levels of motivation. Mm. So two things we look at, like, are there motivation there and are they experiencing any pain, right? It doesn't have to be both. It could be one or the other, or it could be a combination of both, right? But if you sense somebody who has a high level of motivation, high sense of pain, and they're in a situation where they can't sell that property the conventional way because they owe too much on it because they just bought it for way over asking. What is their, you know, what is their other option? So having this tool in your tool belt is the key. Knowing how to present it to where it's a win for them, it's a win for you because it's about structuring the deal the right way. And so every Tuesday we go on our Facebook group. I put on YouTube on our YouTube channel just sharing like how we do this and how you could do it too, right? And we teach this stuff just for the fun of teaching it, but also too, it's being somewhat selfish because if somebody's looking for these deals, they could buy one of ours, right? So we're teaching our audience how to find these own deals from themselves and how we're doing it. And if they want something on a silver platter, like here, come take a look, we have them. But really it's it's finding the sellers in these situations. And this is why we teach it because we get 175 leads a week and you'd be surprised like there's no way you're scratching the surface of folks who are actually in real situations, right? hundred um, percent. And it's just addressing those. And then once again, do I fun- come across the deal where it's a cash deal and we're going to take it down and do a fix and flip? Sure. But on all honesty, we, I really don't like doing those because I know you guys have done a lot. That's a lot of time. hundred percent. A lot of time. By the time you find that deal and it comes across your desk and you negotiate that deal, and then you go to closing in New York. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> no and, then when, and then when you get the deal, if you're going to start rehabbing, that takes a long time. Then if there's anything that goes wrong, there's extra time, extra money, extra expenses. And then you got to list it. Then after you show it and stage it, and then you find that right buyer, X amount of money, more time till closing. So those transactions can take a long time. And generally why I love to wholesale those to other investors, unless it's something special. Um, but we do a lot of the, I guess, hoteling where we'll buy it. Sometimes we'll buy it on a sub two and we'll just put it on the market right away and sell them. We've had a really good luck with that too. Yeah, that's a great model. The, uh, the wholetailing, um, like you just mentioned, just maybe doing a clean out and maybe a little paint. Don't get crazy here and then relist it. Um, I agree with you. I think, again, flipping is, it, there's a, it's a job for us, of course. Um, and then the... Um, you know, our rentals is in, in, and now the creative rentals that we have with through seller financing. And, and it really, Joe and Jen, the only way we buy something now is if it's through seller financing, like mm-hmm. we have, and it has to be, it has to be incredible or cause it's just not worth it. You can't burr right now with the interest rates. And so you, you have to get it, you have to get it. Um, you have to get it where the owner is going to hold some serious paper and, and kind of like sell you on why you should take it from them. 
through that method. Well, the point of it is like with the subtailing, what that basically means is like, so somebody who might be opening to selling their property, we're still going to get a discount, but I don't need to come up with the whole purchase price of the property. So we just did a deal in Louisiana where we bought it for 70,000 and I reached out to a realtor in the area who just had a sale in that same area. And he's like, I have a buyer who will buy this for 90 grand. And if you do that, my commission will only be 1500 bucks. So I'm looking at a, it was 69,000 and some change we bought it for. I'm looking at about a $20,000 spread. So what we did was we bought that deal, but we bought it on a sub two where I only had to give the seller. I forgot how many thousands. It wasn't a whole lot. I came to closing with like seven grand. It made two payments. And the minute we closed on the property, I already had it sold to where the realtor was sending over the sold paperwork. And then it was another you know week or so before that. And so by being in that deal, because of covering closing costs and some of it, most of it was a down payment, closing costs weren't very high. I think we ended up making like $16,000 in that deal, owning it for, you know, three weeks, I think. It wasn't very long. Yeah. So, and we did nothing. We didn't even clean that one out. <laughs> that's a, that's a return on investment. That's, that's beautiful. We're finding more and more of those deals where I kind of learned this from, actually, I'm going to give him a shout out too, but Jerry Norton, like I was watching some of his videos and what he was saying, which is really clever is you could find these situations where who's the biggest buyer's list. A lot of times it's the MLS, right? So what he would do, especially when the market was really hot, that made a little bit of a difference, I'm sure. But if you buy it right, and we have one we're doing right now here in Florida and in St. Pete, um, we're going to do the same thing where it's, it's, it needs work. It needs a rehab, but I'm not going to want to do that. And I know she doesn't want to do it either. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to have a dumpster there that day at closing, take all the stuff out and have the realtor the next day taking pictures and, selling it on the market as a handyman special. It's in the right price range. So I guess I'll give you a tip that you're kind of chatting about. Um, you know, what do our deals look like? I try to stay in the median to less price range. Median to less. Yeah. I don't want to get into the super high-end properties doing a lot of this, especially right now. So I found our bread and butter, you know, back home, a lot of the suburban areas, just in the, you know, median stuff, something where if I'm looking for my first house or I'm looking to downsize, great for retirees, great for the first home, not the 4,500 square foot, but we do those deals, but I typically those have to be really special occasions. And in Florida, it's a little bit different than in New York. Um, a whole different animal down here. Not bad. <laughs> um, but we do them in New York. We still do them nationwide. We have a deal we're doing right now in Niagara Falls. Um, gentleman just closed on his house in June, made one payment, started a turnkey house and um, started removing two of the bedroom wood paneling because only two had it. Realize he doesn't have the money to make the payment, his rent payment, and then do that. He just, he's selling it literally to us sub two. Um, That's incredible because again, you're helping these people who just literally bought a house, but there's this stuff happens all the time. Something happens in their life, and they got to get out. They have to move, and even if they just bought it last, you know, yesterday, death, uh, divorce, job. Uh, ch- transfer, right? Hey, I just closed on this house because they told me I was going to be moving here. Now they're shipping me out, you know, out of state, out of, you know, out of country. These things happen, guys. That's the craziest thing is like, just because they don't happen to you doesn't mean they don't happen to anybody. They do happen to people. So you have to be ready for it. Uh, Joe, what, and Jen, what's, what's the best way of selling a sub two? Do you think it's, it's selling it on a wrap? Like what, what are your favorite ways? Like, cause I, you know, raps are a little different here in, in New York. I mean, you can do them, but you don't hear about them a lot. Um, I know that was one of your specialties, Joe, for a while, but is that still something that you guys do or is it, it just not quite worth it? What, what are your thoughts on that? So actually when we sell uh, our properties, so we bought a property sub two and now what is our, 
exit strategy, right? So our exit strategy, our bread and butter is really is that lease purchase, the AKA rent to own. Um, and especially because I love remaining the owner of the property, writing off the depreciation, having better control over what's going on. I love that because in New York state, if you look at the eviction laws versus the foreclosure laws, it is going to be much longer. And if you think it's long to evict in New York, which it is foreclosing is way longer. So if I'm in a situation where I'm working with a buyer or a tenant buyer, and they're going to plan on buying this property. And if things do go South, I need to make sure that I'm able to get them out of the property as fast as possible. And that's why I like that option. Um, in the meantime, they give us a, a large non-refundable option deposit, which goes towards the purchase when they're ready to buy. Um, we usually give them a couple of years to do it. Um, we have a whole program on how we really try to work them through the process. They're heavily screened to make sure we're not just throwing in anybody, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's companies that we work with. They'll help them if they need credit repair, mortgage people. Sometimes, you know, they get qualified through grants. So we send them in different directions for that because sometimes they might. So we want to give them all of the resources they can because maybe sometimes it's just pointing them in the right direction. It's holding their hand. And sometimes like I know when I bought my first house, I didn't have anybody helping me. There was no figure saying, okay, Joe, like make sure the bank does this or make sure this is like I'm walking and I'm in my twenties. Right. And Jen was the same thing. Mm -hmm. So here's your mortgage statement. (laughs) So maybe I could have qualified for grants. Maybe Jen could have too, because she probably could have, I don't know but maybe there's different mortgages or, or a lot of different programs that we might not have known. So that's why we really try to help people through the process because ideally we make money up front when they give us that large non-refundable option deposit. We make money every month because they're renting it. And part of our program is they take care of the maintenance repairs. So we don't have management. We don't need any of that stuff. It's great. And then once they do buy it out, we have one that's going on right now in Aranaquite. They're buying us out after they've been there for five years. And, um, you get a really nice back-end check when they do buy. You miss the 300 bucks a month, but the gigantic back-end check, you could help wipe away your tears. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and again, I think uh, for people who are interested, they can go and and obviously on your Facebook page, the Creative Finance Playbook, and, and there's a lot of great things. You know, they, I believe you guys do, do mentorship now, so they can you know, talk to you guys about that and see if that's a good fit. See if that's something that you guys even would want to take them on depending on the student. Right. Um, all right. So let's get to the speed round because, uh, it's dinner time. So, all right. If there's only one metric you guys track in your business, what do you choose? Jeez. I guess how many leads we're getting in per day. I like that. Our contracts for month. I mean, they all are important, but what I think is the opening faucet, if I'm not getting any leads, I'm not getting any closing calls. If I'm not getting closing calls, I'm not getting any contracts. If I'm not getting contracts, I don't have a damn business. Yeah, everything kind of funnels down from how many leads we're getting right into our business. So I, I agree with you. Um, Jen, what, what book do you recommend? Um, you know, whether it's real estate, mindset, uh, maybe a podcast that you listen to that's very helpful. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your suggestions for the folks here listening? Yeah, always plugging into something is important. Um, I would say Think and Grow Rich. It is the OG of PD. We've always said that. It's uh, the one that really gets the gears turning and it's one that you can re-listen to and reread over and over again. And like, I swear every line is quotable. 
So, I mean, if you don't have the right mindset, then you're not going to go very far. So I love that you really preach that here and, you know, expand on that because without believing that you can grow into something amazing, it's not going to happen. So definitely start there. <laughs> Think and grow rich is awesome. I mean, you're right. You, you probably could read that quarterly. And I, I think I'm going to write that down to, to make sure I add that again to, it's just so good. And it just gets you amped up all over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever you think you don't need it, you need it. Yeah. But the one thing that you've always done really well with is like, even when you were starting and you were walking in the rain outside, right. When you very first like started going live a lot, you were always mindset. Mm-hmm. You were always talking about mindset. And that's the one thing that I think we have really connected well with you because like, <clears throat> this is a challenging business. Anything is, but if you don't have the right mindset going into it, it's not going to work for you. Mm. Like, it's not going to work. So like you were getting on some, you know, fundamental stuff that where you ultimately start is your foundation and the foundation is having the right mindset. And if you go into it with the right mindset, you can learn anything. Well, I appreciate that because I agree. And I, and I mean, you, you know what I think it is for a lot of people, at least it is for me, it's for the people who really need it. They have to like say it, you know, mm-hmm. like I really need it because I do have, you know, some, some self-conscious uh, issues where I'm maybe I I'm not believing as much as I should and can. So like, I'm the one that needs it. And the people are like, Oh, you got it. You're so confident. It's like, no, it's only because I need it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's, I need it more than anyone. So I'm going to be the one that's just, I freaking drinking it and I'm taking it all in at all times because I constantly, I constantly need it. So I appreciate that. Not that you guys need it all the time, but I do. So I, I, I also found that by saying it out loud, it helps me even more. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. Um, okay. Okay. What do you do to intentionally, uh, network or mastermind with, uh, other business owners? And I guess I would say this, I think just being a part of masterminds and network, like being a part of a mastermind, I love what I love about it so much is that the people around it or in that group you can connect with. Do you guys think the same thing? I feel like that's the bonus. It's not even the bonus. That's like the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're constantly researching and trying to find people that we connect well with. And one of the reasons that, you know, we love the Tampa area is there's a couple really great groups that meet down here. So being able, oh, you're supposed to go to one, um, but a hurricane came through. So we didn't get to, to go to our first meetup yet, but they do connect through Zooms and whatnot. And, you know, that's, uh, a great way to network. I mean, he, the way he likened it was, you know, it might take you months or even years to get on a phone call with somebody, but if you're in the right network, he could connect you with that person and you could be, it could be hours or even like a day, you know, it could happen that quickly. So we just, and I guess the answer you're talking about, we do, we fully believe it. Like this year I was going to put together a slide, which I'm going to launch in another day or two, but it was like, we really put our money where our mouths are because this year alone, we've spent probably $50,000 on, masterminds, coaches, we Training. just trainings. We just flew out to Columbus, Ohio a couple of weeks ago for Tiffany and Josh high, who are amazing out of Columbus, Ohio. They were in a heck of a business. And if mm-hmm. you follow her and him on Instagram, like she's girl does not play. No, all super sharp, but we flew out to their operation. Check out what they do. Very impressive. We've worked with Gary and Susan Harper from sharper solutions. They're all about how to really set your processes and things like that. So super important. Mm-hmm. And then what Jen was just touching on is we just started with the uh, family mastermind group, which I think there's, you know, it's under 300 people in there. It's an amazing group ran by Matt Andrews and they're really, they're in Tampa. So <laughs> that's it's like, awesome. going to be better. Cause that's where we are. And um, like the thing he brought up, he's like, you know, if you try to reach out to Steve Trang, which I'm a huge Steve, I've been like fangirling forever, 
but I'm like, you know, he's a, I'm a huge fan. He's like, if you try to reach out to him, he's like, it might take you months and you might never even get on the phone with him. Yeah. He was like, I could connect you guys right away. Cause we're in the same group together. And that's part of why we are these things is like you said, it's the connections with other folks who are doing amazing things. It's, it's so hard not to be the kid in the candy shop wanting to do it all and grab it all. Mm-hmm. So you got to stay focused, but learn, right? But you need mentors. You need people who are doing more than you. So you can rise to those occasions because I look back, we were just talking about it in the kitchen before this was, you know, those years where we didn't really have the coaches, we stalled a little bit and other things were happening and you know, his moving up his company and yada, yada. But had we had a mentor or a coach, you know, continually kind of pushing us in the right way, maybe we would have taken that leap sooner. So surrounding yourselves for sure. Yeah. And I, cause I'm, I'm with you. I think just like the, the proximity is power. And I also think that Tony Robbins said that, but I also think that like our parents probably didn't help us too much with like coaching mentorship, you know, like there's like some, at least for me, I'm talking to my personal experience. Like they're like, you know, $5,000 or $10,000. It's like, it's like, you can't like parents can't, it's just like their brains explode when you're saying, I'm going to pay this person and they're going to be, cause they automatically think like whatever it is, cult or whatever it could possibly be. And maybe there is some cultness to these things, but, um, but then I'm like, well, I just spent 250 on my, on my college. Right. And, you know what I mean? Like we gotta, we gotta change how we approach things. Uh, and I, and I think it, it's starting to, but I think people got a long way to go. I think people are even like scared to say that they are in coaching and mentorship. Uh, I, I just think it's crazy. It's been the best thing I've ever done. And I'm so happy because again, it's, it's the people, or I'm sorry, it's the it's what I've learned for sure. That's helpful, no doubt. But the people that I've met through those have become business partners, uh, podcast hosts with me, and have put me into other positions to meet other people. It's just a no-brainer, don't you think? Right. Well, my old boss would say, Bessie's like, you know, you're going to go to college and spend $100,000 or more, mm-hmm. and you're going to learn from somebody to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars It's like, they're not going to teach you how to make millions of dollars because if they would, they would be doing it. Exactly. That was a part of it, which when I took that from them and I'm like, okay, well I could spend a lot of money, but I could be put in now a room of all multimillionaires who are doing amazing things and they're willing to teach you and collaborate. And that's why they're there too. This is the best fit. And this is where we saw a ton of value in that. Yeah. And I love that, like removing the stigma, right? Like the whole like self-help, I feel like that was such a bad thing. And like when I met Joe in 2008, he was all about like all of these books, which now are like the trend, right? Listen to the podcast, listen to the, the books and read them and grow your mind, grow yourself, become better. But there was a time where it was kind of like, oh, shh, don't talk about that. You know, you're supposed to already be perfect and have it figured out. What does that mean? Like, right. it- <laughs> It's impossible. It's, it's so good that, uh, it's in, it's almost incredible that some of my you know the people that are in your you know networks and close you know cir- circles friends family have no clue about this and I feel bad because it's like man it's just so important it's so good and it's like uh, I honestly think it's a cheat code that I have that I can listen to like an Ed Milet or uh, or whoever it is that you like um, anyway I want to be cognizant of your time guys how do people reach out to you let's say they maybe have a deal or they are interested in learning more about sub two or just creative finance or creative real estate in general. How do they, uh, how do they find you guys? 
Yeah, I would say head over to our website, creativefinanceplaybook.com. And from there, there's a link you could submit a deal. We can take a look at it, see if we could help you out with that. Um, you can connect with our Facebook page from that. There's our YouTube channel with a ton of free content. Like Joe said, he goes live. Our Instagram handles are here on the screen if you're watching. And, uh, you know, we're definitely all about giving back. We try to help as many people as possible. And we just did that live today, which was awesome. So every Tuesday around 2 p.m. Eastern, um, we'll, we'll be doing that still. And it's true. They always do. Whenever I call Joe, he picks up and it's always, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? It's never, you know, what, what is this going to mean for me? It's, it's, and I'm serious. It's constantly like that. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, awesome, awesome time. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you so you much for having me. us. You know, we think you're awesome. So yeah. we're so happy to be on. Thank you. Thanks guys. Guys, that's the show again. Marty Grizzani show with Joe and Jen Delafave. Reach out to them with anything creative that you might have, and uh, they'll be happy to help. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grizzani show. If you're listening on Apple podcast, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.